Psalm chapter 89, verse 38 through 52. But now you have cast off and rejected. You are full of wrath against your anointed. You have renounced the covenant with your servant. You've defiled his crown in the dust. You have breached all his walls. You have laid his stronghold in ruins. All who pass by plunder him. He has become the scorn of his neighbors. You have exalted the right hand of his foes. You've made all his enemies rejoice. You've also turned back the edge of his sword and you've not made him stand in battle. You've made his splendor to cease and cast his throne to the ground. You've cut short the days of his youth. You've covered him with shame. Selah. How long, O Lord, will you hide yourself forever? How long will your wrath burn like fire? Remember how short my time is. For what vanity you've created all the children of man. What man can live and never see death? Who can deliver his soul from the power of Sheol? Selah. Lord, where is your steadfast love of old, which by your faithfulness you swore to David? Remember, O Lord, how your servants are mocked and how I bear in my heart the insults of all the many nations with which your enemies mock, O Lord, with which they mock the footsteps of your anointed. Blessed be the Lord forever. Amen and amen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right. Well, how's that for a heavy turn? Um, sharp turn there. A sharp turn. So we have moved. You know, it's the the symmetry of the psalm is really interesting. Verse 1, I'll sing of the steadfast love of the Lord forever. And then verse 52, blessed be the Lord forever. Amen and amen. Right, this beautiful and then, doxology. Yeah, and then in between we have the highs and the low lows of... Israel's, you know, cultural experience. Yep. So, you know, this is, uh, as we've been looking forward to and mentioning forward to, this is the passage, uh, the final leg of Psalm 89 of our three-day journey where, uh, you know, things get really heavy and, and we see clearly that the psalmist is speaking and singing out of this place of exile. And this is another really interesting psalm of lamentation where it it's, very accusatory language against God. Mm -hmm. You have renounced the covenant with your servant. You've defiled his crown in the dust. Um, you know, that's, that's some really strong language. And, you know, then there's all this very visceral, uh, battle imagery and shame. And, uh, you know, it's also important to remember that we're kind of reading into a honor shame culture. Um, and so this is, uh, you know, from the low point of the human experience. And so Billy, what are your thoughts on, you know, these, these words of lament, uh, frustration, hopelessness, and then how it concludes with this blessed be the Lord forever. Yeah. I mean, once again, I kind of, I kind of go back to the, just the structure of the whole Psalm, like the first section there, once again, you know, just reminding you guys about the last couple ODRs, but the first section of Psalm 89 is really like, um, you know, who God is. And the second section, uh, from, from yesterday's, um, uh, ODR was, 
was, you know, what God said he would do. And today it's like, okay, none of those things are true about you. Like everything that you said that you would do to bless the people of God through this throne, this everlasting throne, all of that seems and looks completely untrue. Mm -hmm. Like you haven't kept your promises and very honestly, very, uh, in a very honest way, crying out to God, like, it does not seem like these things are true. Look at us, O oh Lord. Like, and so, you know, just reading this, this lament, it really is a sharp turn. It's like who God is, what he said he would do. And none of those things seem to be true. Everything that the psalmist knows about God does not seem to match with mm-hmm. what he's seeing around him. Um, and so, you know, when I, when I see this lament, it, to me, to me, I, in a, in a strange way, I kind of find comfort in it because yeah. it's like, there's this, this honesty, this, this wrestling with God that, um, you know, that I think as Christians, we don't always feel like we can, we can do with the yeah, Lord um, and just crying out to him and saying, where are you, Lord? Um, mm-hmm. you, you're not seeming to be keeping your promises. So I, I'm kind of finding some comfort in it. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I do think that that is, um, you know, there is a, a great comfort to be, it's like, you know, we, we need like breakup songs <laughs> in the world. Um, because we, we need those sorts of songs because like that is life sometimes. And, um, you know, as much as we would love for it to all be falling in love and joy, um, there is heartache and angst. And, uh, you know, I think we see that here in scripture is that God gives us language, um, for, the, these moments uh, of angst and, and frustration and where our limited uh, perspective kind of rubs up against the realities yeah. of, you know, God's will and, you know, the, the course of human history. And I think one thing that we can see in a Psalm like this subliminally is God's faithfulness. Mm. You know, Israel, is in exile. Like if you read the narrative of the old Testament, if you read all the prophets and first and second Kings, you, I I promise you, you will not come to the conclusion that this is like a great blameless nation that deserves nothing but honor and ease, but there's actually great injustice. Um, there's great, you know, just spiritual sickness and oppression and all sorts of things. And yet when the judgment for that plays out, like it has very interpersonal um, consequences, you know, that it it causes people pain. And that's what the psalmist is speaking out of. And this is like a deserved punishment. Right. And yet, you know, God, he has not forsaken the people of Israel. And yet he's actually setting the stage um, for a great act of redemption. So Billy, do you have any thoughts on this Psalm kind of ends back in this place of blessed be the Lord forever. Amen and amen. Um, coming out of some heavy words. So do you have any thoughts about like, I think that could maybe even feel like disingenuous, um, like <laughs> yeah. worshiping, like leveling all these questions and frustrations with God. And then saying, blessed be the Lord. Like, is there a way to say that, you know, in a genuine, authentic way? Well, yeah. I mean, to me, once again, it goes back to just this posture of the people of God, a posture of, of, a, of, a, 
a, a person made righteous by faith, right? And those of us that are Christians now, you know, we we should have this posture of being honest before the Lord, where we have this yeah. this this earnest kind of wrestling with these contradictory realities, like what is God doing? There's so much difficulty happening right now. Yeah. I don't see Him, but at the same time, God, You are good. You yeah. are amazing. I know Your promises are true, and that's to me that's kind of a picture of what the what the Christian life is. What mm-hmm. a, what a life with God is is like sort of these contrasting realities where at one point you're questioning God. And then in the next moment, you're like kind of doxologically saying, blessed be the Lord forever. I think that, you know, if, if we're honest, we, as Christians, like we can do both of those things, even in like a split moment, you know? Absolutely. Um, and, and one, one of the things that I think really stands out here, if you, if you look at verses 46 through 48, it's where the psalmist starts, um, he starts asking questions um, and, and it's important to note here that the psalmist is asking questions that really aren't going to be answered until the coming of Christ yeah. and, and thinking about where we are now, we have these answers. So, you know, we could look at verse 46 when the psalmist says, how long, O Lord, will you hide yourself forever? Well, we know the answer to that now that Christ has come, right? We know that Jesus comes, the word made flesh. He, he reveals this further plan of God to redeem a people of all nations. Mm-hmm. You know, we see him ask about, you know, the wrath of God. Well, we know that the wrath of God was poured out on Jesus Christ in, in our place. And that through that we have, um, you know, Jesus in our place on the cross, taking his wrath so that we mm-hmm. can have this freedom in the Lord. You know, verse 48, what can man live and never, uh, what can man live and never see death? We know that those of us that are in Christ now, which the psalmist didn't know this quite yet. Yeah. We know this. We don't have to endure the sting of death. Mm. Um, you know, you think of the apostle Paul in Philippians one on the other side of the cross, he says to live is Christ to die is gain. Mm. And so we kind of have the answers to these questions that the psalmist is crying out, Absolutely. which is amazing. Um, and, um, I just think it's, it's just, I think what we get most out of the psalm is just this posture of how we can be honest to the Lord. We can ask questions to the Lord, mm-hmm. um, but yet we have these answers more fully when we look at his word. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I'm thinking of Second Corinthians 4, uh, which is one of my favorite passages mm. for how do we deal with, you know, affliction and, and questions um, and you know, just the the hardship that comes. Sometimes it's because we've been in the wrong and done something stupid. Right. Sometimes it's just it literally is circumstantial, and it's an outward trial that um, we have come up against. And you know, this is Paul's words, and he he's referring to you know or speaking out of you know this great opposition and, and uh, turmoil that he and his partners have been in in their ministry. Mm. He says, "We have this treasure." in jars of clay, this treasure, the, the light of the gospel, uh, as he's just spoken about, in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. And then this is the section that I just love. We are afflicted in every way, but we are not crushed. We're perplexed, but not driven to despair. We're persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is a, a really powerful, helpful posture that kind of gives like gospel, new covenant, Holy Spirit light yeah. to a Psalm like Psalm 89 that, you know, that that has been so particularly helpful for me in seasons of, of really great 
um, anxiety and doubt and, you know, what have you, mm. that I can say I'm perplexed but not driven to despair, you know, good. Uh, you know, afflicted in every way but not crushed. And there's, as New Covenant people who have the Holy Spirit of God especially, we can we can face, you know, these unanswerable questions and be honest about, you know, the affliction and, and doubt and everything and yet have this seed of resilience that is just faith that God is blessed forever. He, he is honored forever right. and that um, we can set our hope on him and come out the other side. Amen. Amen. Good work. Well, Psalm 89 has been an awesome roller coaster and <laughs> we are going to continue on in the Psalms tomorrow. So for Billy Bean, this is Will Carlisle. We look forward to seeing you tomorrow on our Daily Rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ's Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.